Welcome to Directions in Rashi, a podcast that will help you understand individual comments from Rashi throughout the Chumash, and that will also introduce you to some of the general principles which I feel uh, directed Rashi in his creation of his commentary, and that will help us to understand his commentary better all around. Welcome. This week in Chutz Oritz, we are continuing our game of catch-up. We are going to be reading here two parshias, Parshas Chukas and Parshas Bolok. Uh, my Dvar Torah this week will be on Parshas Chukas. Parshas Chukas begins, of course, with the mitzvah of Para Aduma. And let's take a look at the first pasuk. We're going to be taking a look at two different comments from Rashi. This is the beginning of the parsha. Zos chukas Torah. This is the law of the Torah. Asher sivo Hashem lemor that Hashem has commanded, saying, Daber bnei Yisrael, speak to the bnei Yisrael. Ve'yikhu elecha fara aduma tamima. They should take for you. They should take to you to Moshe Rabbeinu a fara aduma, a cow that is red, tamima, and that is unblemished. Asher ein mum that has no blemish on it, but rather we should read Fara Aduma Tamima, it should be completely red, Asher Ein Bamum, and also that it should have no blemish, Asher Le'ola Aleho Ol, and also that no yoke had ever gone up onto its neck, it had never done any kind of work. And of course, most of us know that Rashi comments on these words, Zos Chuka Satayra, on this little introductory phrase. This is the law, the chukah of the Torah. And Rashi says as follows, because the satan, because the nations of the world, they verbally taunt the B'nai Yisrael, saying, what is this mitzvah of Paraduma? And what reason is there in it? How can one possibly give any reason for this mitzvah? As we'll see, you have to take this paraduma and you have to take it to a certain place outside the Beis HaMikdash and you slaughter over there and you sprinkle the blood in the direction of the Beis HaMikdash and then you burn it and you throw into the fire certain additional items and then you take the ashes and you put them in water and if somebody became Tame through contact with a dead body, then you sprinkle this water on the person and it makes the person tower again. But on the other hand, all the people who were involved in preparing the Paraduma ashes, they themselves became Tame. So the Umais, the nations, taunt us. And they say, Ma mitzvah zois, umatam yeshbo. What kind of a mitzvah is this? What reason is there for this? So the fichach, therefore, kosav bo chuka. Therefore, the Torah writes the word chuka, zos and the word chukah indicates, according to Rashi, that this mitzvah is a gzeira. It is a decree from before Hashem. It is something that God has decreed. And you do not have permission to wonder about it, to, to think thoughts about it. So this Rashi seems to be one of many statements that we find in Midrashim and that we find later among 
many of the commentators, this seems to fall into the category of those many statements that say that Parah Aduma is a mitzvah that is beyond our comprehension. It is simply a, dec- a divine decree. We simply do it and we cannot fathom the reason. That is certainly what it would seem like in this Rashi. However, if we go down to the end of the parsha of Paradoma, Pasikhov base. So Rashi here summarizes all of his comments about Paradoma, and he says, This is the explanation of these psukim according to their, their basic meaning, the Hilchoiseho, and according to the Halachis. However, but a Midrash Hamalek, Hamaletic explanation, I have copied from the Sefer of Rabbi Moshe Darshan, who was a, a great uh, collector of Midrashim, who lived some time before Rashi, and Rashi frequently quotes him. And so here, Rashi quotes a whole bunch of explanations which explain the Mitzvah of Paraduma. Let's see at least some of it. It says, they should take the para and bring it to you, Moshe. So Rabbi Moshe Darshan says, they have to take the para from their own. Klal Yisrael must provide the para. Just as they uh, unloaded themselves of their golden rings in order to make the golden calf, just as they made the contribution from their own property to construct the golden calf, so they should bring this para as a kapara, as an atonement. So just as over there, they paid for the avera, so to speak, so here they have to pay for the atonement. And a para aduma, what do they bring? What is this mitzvah? It is a red cow. So the Rashi, so the Rabbi Moshe Darshan says, Mashal ben Shifcha, this can be compared to the son of a maidservant, Shetinef Palatin Shalmelech, that this little child, he dirtied the palace of the king. So Amru, they said, Tovay Imai Utekaneach Hatsaya, let the mother come and let her clean up the, the mess. So Kach, so similarly, Tovay Fara Usechaper Ala Egel. Let this full-grown cow come and let it atone for the sin that was done with the eagle, which is a, a baby cow, a calf. A duma, and the calf has to be red. So Rabbi Moshe Darshan continues, I'll shame, this is according to the Pasuk in Ishaya, im yadimu if their sins will be red like a certain fabric known as toiba, shachet kori odom, because chet is called Sin is called red. Sin is compared to the color red. And etc. etc. Rashi here in the name of Rabbi Moshe Darshan, he explains step by step the reasons behind this mitzvah of Paradoma. These are very, if we think about these reasons, they're they're very deep. There are many deep lessons that can be gleaned, but the general point is, is that all of the details of this mitzvah can be understood 
in this midrashic fashion that is presented to us by Rabbi Moshe Adarshan. Now this raises two questions. The most obvious question is, it's a contradiction. Rashi started off in the first Pasuk that we looked at, Rashi said, this mitzvah is a decree from Hashem, you don't have permission to, to think too much about it, to question it. It is what it is. It's beyond your comprehension. And here, Rashi explains it very in a very comprehensible way, a very understandable way. So what is it? Is it totally beyond human comprehension? Or is it something that, with this midrash of Rabbi Moshe Darshan, something that can be understood? To say merely that it's two opinions, yes, it's true that Rashi sometimes explains the Pasuk one way, and then he says, and he explains it another way, but here it is so, so contradictory. The two, the two explanations seem to be at polar ends. That, that seems to be difficult. And the second question that needs to be raised here is that anyone who has studied the whole commentary of Rashi on the whole Chumash should have noticed that Rashi does not often give the reasons for mitzvahs. Generally speaking, I would say at least 90% of the time, when the Torah gives a mitzvah, Rashi does not give the reason for it. We know there are svarim, like the Sefer Achinuch, that who gives a reason for every single mitzvah, and other uh, great Rishonim and other great Mechabrim who discussed the reasons for mitzvahs. Rashi, in his commentary on the Torah, for the most part, does not get involved in this. And therefore, we need to understand why here he does get involved. He could have left this like really most of the mitzvahs in the Torah, that he doesn't discuss the reason. Regarding this second question, I think we have to understand a little bit what's going on when we say that Rashi does not generally discuss the reasons for the, for the mitzvahs. The reason he does not do this is because Rashi, as he tells us many times, he wrote his commentary on the Torah in order to explain to us the Pshutai Shalmikra, the simple meaning of the Pasuk. He wants to bring out what the Pasuk itself is saying. My Rosh Hashiva, he should be well, he used to sometimes shout, the Pasuk is the Rashi and the Rashi is the Pasuk. When you're learning Rashi, Rashi is telling you what the Pasuk is saying. And according to Rashi, the Pasuk is saying what Rashi is saying. Doesn't mean there, there can't be another explanation, but Rashi is not adding something to the Pasuk. Rashi is telling you He's explaining to you, in his great wisdom, what the Pasuk is saying. Since in most places the Torah itself does not give us reasons for the mitzvahs, rarely, there are a few exceptions, but in most places the Torah itself doesn't say why you have to do this or that mitzvah. So therefore, Rashi himself also kept quiet about that topic. It's not part of Shuta Shalmikra. It's a very interesting uh, study that one might want to embark on, but it's not Shutei Shalmikra. However, we do need to remember that according to Rashi, the mitzvahs of the Torah are not without reason. The, the reason why Rashi doesn't discuss the reasons for most mitzvahs is not because he feels that they don't have reasons. No. I can prove to you that according to Rashi, the mitzvahs of the Torah do have reasons. What's my proof? 
because there are a fair amount of places where Rashi does explain the reasons for mitzvahs. So it can't be that Rashi simply felt that all mitzvahs are simply decrees. They have no reason that could be, that could be fathomed by a human being. That's not so. Just for a random, almost a random example, let's go back to Parshas Baaloischa just a few weeks ago, where the Pasik says, when you light the lights when, of the menorah in the, in the Mishkan, towards the face of the menorah, the seven lights should shine. And what does that mean? So Rashi says, Shisha shall sheisha sakanim. This really is referring to six of the lights. So the six lights that are on the six branches of the menorah, shloisha hamizrachim fainim lemul haemsoi. The three lights that are on the east side should turn; they should face towards the middle of the menorah. Hapsileisha behen the wicks. Aaron or whoever lit the menorah had to tilt the wicks a little bit towards the center. And also the three lights that are on the western side. So the tops of those wicks also had to point towards the middle. So all the wicks on this side were pointing towards the middle, and all the wicks on this side were pointing towards the middle. And now Rashi gives a reason. The lama and why? In order that people should not say that Hashem needs the light of the menorah. By arranging the menorah in such a way that all the lights shine towards the middle, it's not giving up, not giving out as much light as it might possibly give. The reason for that is, the reason the Torah uh, specified that this is how it has to be done, is so that people should not say that Hashem needs the light. So here we have an example where the Torah gives us a commandment. The Torah tells us precisely how to light the menorah, and Rashi gives a reason. Now, why here did he break his, his rule and give us a reason? So, in my humble opinion, the explanation is as follows. It's true that Rashi usually does not get involved in the reasons for mitzvahs. However, sometimes knowing the reason for a mitzvah helps us understand the Pshute Shal Mikra. Sometimes it helps us understand the simple meaning of the Pasek. And I think that's what's happening in this Rashi. This phrase, El Mu'al Pnei HaManoira, Rashi says it means that the wicks on this side tilted toward the middle and the wicks on this side tilted toward the middle. But not all commentators explain it that way. Rashi's own grandson, Rashbam, and also a later commentator, the Chizkuni, they both say that the meaning of this phrase, El Mu'al Pnei HaManoira, is that the lights of the menorah should shine towards the shulchan, towards the table that held the lechem upon him. Because in other places in the Torah, the menorah is described as being nochach ha-shulchan. It is a cross from the shulchan. So when this Pasuk says, el mul pnei ha-menorah, that the lights of the menorah should shine across the face of the menorah, it means the lights of the menorah should not shine, let's say, back towards one of the walls of the Mishkan, front wall, side wall, whichever wall it might be, but rather they should face across 
to the Shulchan, which was across from them. Now, Rashi, we see very clearly, didn't, didn't go for that explanation. Rashi says very clearly, means that the wicks on this side point towards the middle and the wicks on this side point to the middle. So I believe that that is why he then added on the reason. Now, this reason is found in the Midrash, in Midrash Tanchuma. And I believe the reason that he's adding, adding it is because he wants to strengthen his point. He's saying, in effect, I'll prove to you from the words of Chazal, from the words of the Midrash, that my comment is correct. Because Chazal say the reason for this mitzvah of El Mul Pnei Menorah is in order that the lights of the Menorah shouldn't make so much light so that no one should say that Hashem needs the light. That proves that what? That the meaning of this phrase is that the light should all point towards the middle. If it means the light should all point towards the Shulchan, that's not making any more light or any less light. That wouldn't go together with the reason that our Chachamim give. But the explanation that I'm giving, that Rashi is giving, fits together with this reason, and therefore that is a proof or at least a, a, an indication of the correctness of my explanation. Be that as it may, we certainly see over here that Rashi does sometimes give the reasons for mitzvahs. So going back to our question in Parshish Chukas, um, why does Rashi here, in the name of Rabbi Moshe Darshan, why does he give reasons for the mitzvah of Paradoma? So we have to understand, it's true that Rashi does not usually give reasons for the mitzvahs, but that's not because they have no reasons. They do have reasons. Only in most cases, Rashi felt it was not necessary for him to talk about them, because it's not a matter of Shute Shalmikra. However, here in Parshas Chukas, I think the explanation is as follows. Rashi began the beginning of the Parsha saying that this mitzvah has no reason. That Rashi found somewhat difficult. Although that's what the Pasuk sounds like, and we find Midrashim that, that say like that, and yet Rashi found that a little bit difficult. You're telling me the mitzvah has no reason at all? All mitzvahs have reasons. It's just that I, in my commentary, choose not to speak about them. But how could the Pasuk say explicitly, this mitzvah has no reason? And so therefore, he found the Midrash of Rabbi Moshe Darshan, which does give reasons for this mitzvah, and he quotes them. Now, we're still left with the other question. The other question is, Rashi seems to contradict himself from one statement to the next. He starts off by saying this mitzvah has absolutely no reason. And then he goes ahead and tells us some very nice reasons for this mitzvah. One of the answers that we could say about this, I believe, is, can be based on the words of the Svas Emes here in Pashas Chukas. Svas Emes comments on the first Rashi. Rashi says, because the nations and the Sultan, they, they abuse us with their words, they taunt us with their words, and they say, what kind of a reason does this mitzvah have? So therefore, uh, so therefore Hashem said, Chuka, it's just a decree, So the Sfas Emes says, This answer is not understandable. 
you start off by saying that the Goyim taunt us, and they say this, this, this mitzvah has no reason, and what do we answer? It has no reason. Well, they're still going to taunt us. What, 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 is, what is going on here? However, the Svasemis explains that really, even Chukim, even those mitzvahs that are identified, that are referred to by the Torah with the word Chukah, which means that they are decrees that are somewhat beyond our comprehension. But he says they really do have a reason. He says, It's just that it's not possible to understand the reason until the Klal Yisrael accepts the mitzvah as a decree without any reason. Our job as servants of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, is to first do the mitzvahs without question. Of course, some mitzvahs, the, mitzvah, the, the reason is, is fairly obvious. A mitzvah like don't murder, we can understand that pretty easily. But when we come to a mitzvah that is a chukah, that is very difficult to fathom the reason, our job is first to do it without any explanation. But he says then, after we do it, and after we show our trust in the Kodesh Baruch Hu, that we are willing to do the mitzvah, without any knowledge of the reason, he says, So they will merit eventually to do the mitzvah with a knowledge of the Tam. So there's really no contradiction. According to this, we can say that there's no real contradiction in Rashi. The first Rashi in the parasha says that this is a very hard mitzvah to understand. We have to do it because Hashem said so. But when we will do it, and we will do it with a, with a, with a trust and a faith in HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that there is reason behind this, that there is some sense behind this, when we will do it with that trust, eventually even we can merit to understand some of the reasons, and some of the reasons are what Rabbi Moshe Darshan explains to us. And that's why Rashi is able to quote both sources. He can quote the source that says that it is beyond our comprehension. And at the same time, he can quote Rabbi Moshe Darshan, who says that there is a reason and that it is, it is within our ability to fathom it. This, of course, is a very important uh, point in Avedis Hashem in our service to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that of course we need, of course we use our minds, but when we come across something in the Torah that seems to be beyond our, our mind, we do it anyway. And by doing it, we will come eventually to understand. Thank you for listening to Directions in Rashi with Yochanan Joseph author of the book Directions in Rashi, available from Feldheim Publications. Production aspects were carried out by Minagain Music. Visit them online by going to facebook.com slash